you know, with this social media world that everybody should be perfect and everybody should look a certain way and everybody's so busy copying everybody else's style. But it's it's not about that. It's about loving your own style. Hey, Christian aka Cheesepuffish here. In this episode, we will talk about appearance, not makeup tips nor outfit. We will go deeper, plus some important aspects you may need to improve if you are an entrepreneur. Hello, hello, I am Christian Parraga aka Chispo Fish, and this is Kensho Growth by Pain, where you can get experiences from guests hoping they will give you inside moments. Today I am with Mariam Sharif, she studied IT and management. Mariam is the host and founder of Style Moguls Podcast and Academy, MUA, Image Consultant, Branding and Confidence Coach. Mariam, it is a pleasure to have you here. Welcome to Kensho Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. We met in a course. It was broadcasting yourself. We both start a podcast and it is amazing. Tell me about the journey about podcasting, please. A little short one. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? Actually, um, I, I wanted to do a new venture and I always create and do something new, like, you know, keep myself evolving. And I just happened to hear something about Gary Vee saying that, you know, it's the best thing to do. The podcasting is amazing. 2019 is about podcasting. And I was just like, you know, I do a lot of TED Talks. I keep myself quite, you know, um, uh, educated as in the sense of kind of keeping up to date. So I just, when I heard that, I thought, oh, okay, podcast. And I, I wanted to do a podcast anyway. But when he said it and he thought, oh, okay, so, you know, someone in the industry is saying it, that it's, it's something that you should, we should be doing. So um, at that time, I was living in the United Arab Emirates and I was like, okay, I don't even know if people know what podcasting is. Of course, in, in the States, the Western world, it's more common. But um, so, yeah, we decided to do it. And, um, you know, I, that's where I've met you. And it's been quite amazing. I've interviewed some um, lovely guests and uh, not only that the guests educate uh, the audience, but I think that they also educate me. You know, there's always something to learn from someone. And we just had a fantastic guest um, on my podcast, which was Star Mogul's podcast. And uh, she had been awarded Her Majesty's um, Award. Like she's got a medal. Um, and uh, for the kindness and the great work she was doing for charity. So yeah, it's been amazing. Amazing. Uh, yes, it was uh, nice. Well, I will start with the questions. And it is the hardest moment in your life. And how did it help you? Okay, so I would say... Uh, there's a couple of moments where I think that life does, it's hard, but life changing. And so the first one was obviously my father passed away and it was unexpected. And, you know, I was still young at that time. And um, you kind of, you're forced to grow up in a situation where, and, and deal with things um, differently. So you have a different perspective and different responsibilities. Um, my mother wasn't too well and was disabled at that time. So just knowing that having to take control of everything was quite overwhelming and to, to get over death itself. So, um, but you know, what I kind of learned from that was that you've got to be surrounded by really good friends and family who were supportive. You've got to go through the grieving 
proceed, you know, the process of, of actually feeling those feelings. And then, as they say, time is a healer. You eventually uh, become used to, you know, getting on with life and um, you still have a presence and still have memories. But, you know, life is not permanent. That's what I've learned. You know, it's not permanent. And the more we realize that, you know, we're only on this earth for a short amount of time, things can be so much we can our tolerance and kindness levels kind of change so I think that was a big I think a big learning curve for me Mm, yes the awareness of the time is really important right because especially when we're young we think that we will live forever and everyone will live forever and that big change unfortunately was in a kinship moment with a pain but the important thing is that that you got the awareness how old were you i was in my 20s yeah i was in my 20s but um but at that time you know you're so comfortable and so well taken care of you don't think about anything you know i was it, it was it's one of those things that i don't think that it's at any age but you know when you do go through a parent's death at an early age you do find it that it just changes your life it, it does the impact of it is completely different than it is when you're married and have your own children so um and it just forces you to kind of to step up and just be brave i guess but i'm so blessed that my father taught me so well and you know instilled such good you know um such good character and traits in me that you know he really told me how to to live in in this world and i sometimes think that he was training me for better things uh, a very successful businessman himself um but humble and kind and so much so much for contribution in, in charity work for his own community so i think that i kind of I think he kind of trained me and he kind of told me how to live and how to behave. And that was just the foundation of, I think, for what I needed. So when he was no longer, I had to remember those things that he had taught me. I didn't know that entrepreneurship was in your blood. That is nice. <laughs> well, actually, all of my 90, 90% of my family are all doctors or architects or engineers. But I, I probably would say 50% are doctors. So they're all in medicine. And my father is the only business person in the family but and I'm recognized as the black sheep because I didn't go through the kind of the formal um, you know the formal route or of the professional level even though I studied IT and management um, at university uh, which was great and I even asked my father at that time what should I study you know I really loved banking but um, uh, IT was the way to go obviously and um, So I didn't follow the traditional path like everybody else does. You know, I followed, you know, what I liked at the time and I wanted to study. So nice. Well, that gave you awareness. And also, I think that uh, that helped you to live in the present, to be grateful for the present. But recently you have another issue, right? That also helped you. Do you want to talk about that? Are you talking about my accident with my thumb? Yes, the car accident. Okay. So there's two instances actually. And, and you know, life is all about kind of dealing with things and um and accidents. You know, you have I think we we have accidents every day and then we have to kind of they're, they're minor or major and we just have to deal with them. So three years ago, whilst living in the UAE, I um I had a really a very bad car crash 
And um, I remember that James Bond moment when, um, to my uh, knowledge, I was driving fine. I looked right and left. And all of a sudden, I had that James Bond moment where the car with this big, actually big Jeep was just zooming towards me. And I was like, at that moment in time, I thought, shit, I'm, I'm gone. And then the next moment when I opened my eyes, I thought, oh my God, I'm alive. I like literally thought, oh my God, I, like I'm alive. I, you know, I'm here. I don't really know what happened much after that. I went straight into hospital and um, yeah, obviously it was a head-on collision. I had a great car, which, you know, um, you know, kind of saved me. But I also think that I was saved for a reason and a purpose. That did change everything. You know, I wasn't even to, I wasn't, I mean, now we talk about podcasting, but I couldn't even speak. I couldn't talk. I, I didn't have enough strength. Um, the weird thing was that I didn't have any kind of major broken bones, but my whole body was shaken and internally, you know, my diaphragm was crushed and I had, I was battered and bruised. But yes, yeah, so that took a long time and I'm very resilient and I'm like, yeah, let's get on with it. Let's just do this. Let's do that. And, you know, I think a week after my, my accident, I still went to, to visit a friend. She was, she was visiting from Singapore, but it's only after weeks or months I realized the effect of it that you really, you really must kind of feel your body has to go through that kind of change or that realization and you have to nurture your body. You have to, it's, you know, it's a traumatizing instant and you, you have to do things differently. I, um, I haven't worn heels for three years, actually. <laughs> if I do, if I, if that's the the downside of, of everything is that you're you're forced to kind of go through things that you have taken for granted, and you know, I mean, uh, heels are amazing for me, and I, I can't live without them. But I was forced not to wear them, and you know, just small things that you're not able to do and you take for granted. I just think that at that moment in time, I thought oh my gosh, I've been saved for a reason. And, you know, uh, I'm very spiritual. And I, I thought that Allah, you know, God has saved me for a certain reason and a certain, you know, for something else, for, for, for something greater than this. But the fact that I, I was always grateful, I was always humble, because that was what my parents have taught me. But this taught me on a completely different level that to ter cherish those around you, to cherish every day, to really squeeze the, the laughter and the happiness of out of every day. And no matter what happens, don't say, stay sad or, you know, miserable or, uh, or confused. You know, those are just temporary. Actually, life is just worth living. And you just don't know when, you know, life will end for you, you know. So having to, I've always had a zest for life. I've always been, you know, young at heart and loved life. But I think that it just just moves you in a different direction. You're, you know, mentally, physically, of course, you know, I'm still healing. It took me a long time. I think it nearly took me about two years to kind of really get over the accident. And I'm, and you know, I'm really much better. I'm, I'm so blessed, alhamdulillah, for those things. But um, yeah, that was and still is because I'm still having some, you know, treatment on my ankle. So yeah, it's not, it's an ongoing process. But, you know, when you realize that, you should be happy in, in any situation. You know, people don't have limbs. Don't, people don't even, I, I actually went to the doctor once and I said, oh gosh, I can't run. I really want to start running. I've put on so much weight. And my doctor said to me, 
well, you can run, can't you? Can, if you can't run, you can walk. And I said, of course I can. And she said, well, stop walking. And I think that's what we forget, that people without fingers or hands or thumbs or whatever that they've lost and they still get on with life. You know, I can't wear heels or I can't run right at the moment, but I can at least walk. And you should do what your capacity is at that time, but keep on going and keep on doing something, you know? Yes. Well, I will use the, the walk and run that you said. Uh, people in the, in the entrepreneurship lab, especially, they try to run when they are learning and they are not even able to walk uh, normally. So it, it's, it's a great message that you're saying that you have to do what your capabilities are in that moment. And little by little, they will change and you'll realize that you have different capabilities or better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one becomes stronger through mind and through a physical being and, and spirituality. I think that really helped me. It helped me when my father passed away. It helped me when I, um, when I had my accident. It helped me on an everyday basis. I actually start my day off, you know, like at four o'clock in the morning and I pray. Because I think that that sets the tone. Because when I, when they say when you sleep, you actually die. And when you wake up, you're, you know, God puts breath into your, into your body again. So when you wake up, you should be the first thing that you should be thankful that you're, you're awake and you're alive. So, you know, for those things, I think that being spiritual or, you know, having faith, uh, that is probably the, you know, uh, foundation uh, of my thinking. It is important. And as you said, one of the first things you should do is to be thankful because you're alive. And it is true. Remember uh, gratitude every day. It, uh, it helps you in many ways. Awareness, happiness, and attraction. And of course, that is really important. And as you say, spirituality is, is something that helped you. And I would like to ask, That make a, bit, a shift in your mind. What was the change you started doing? Like, uh, did you start realizing that you want to help more or you want to work more? What, what did you start changing after the accident? Well, you know, um, I've always been happy and positive and anybody that knows me will know that I, a, I'm always busy doing something, you know, even from college days I was working for the student union and I used to help with people's housing and you know help them do their student union cards and organize events and I was I've always been kind of the busy person doing something to help I, I think it's just in my personality that I'm born that way what I I do believe is that you just appreciate every single moment we we carry on with life thinking, like you said, you know, we're here forever and everything will be the same. And, you know, um, that having those realizations, I think that people need to have these realizations or knockbacks or hardships to make you realize that, you know, it brings you closer to God, you know, bring it for me, it definitely had and, and does for me, it just, yes, living in the present, but just appreciating, appreciating every moment and every one that everyone serves a purpose and every day um, serves uh, some kind of learning or lesson. One of your focus is helping women. When did you start working with them and the society? 
Yeah. So I, like you said, I'm like, I always helped women and I always think that um, everyone should be doing something. So I've always like with my work, um, always had a great, I've always had great friendships and great women, powerful and strong women around me. My mother is a, uh, the youngest of eight sisters and all the sisters, um, uh, mashallah, are they are all masters. So they've all studied up to master's level. And one is um, um, master's in uh, uh, sociology or, or business, or the eldest one is a doctor. And so I think that being surrounded by such amazing women who are equally, um, you know, beautiful, you know, inside and out, they're well-groomed and presentable and they look after themselves. You know, one of my favorite, favorite aunties, she was the deputy directress of all the schools and colleges of Punjab. And so that means in the big province in Pakistan. And in those days, you know, it was unheard of that a woman could be at that status. She was really a powerful and kind of humble woman, but very, very, you know, she was, um, she was a real go-getter and, you know, was a really um, a role model for me, I, I believe. And I've seen such great women uh, around me. So I'm always interacting with such fabulous women that I always want to kind of enhance and help women also. So when I was in London, uh, before I moved to the UAE, definitely I would always kind of get women together. And if it was either a social event or help them in some sort of way through styling or matchmaking or networking or doing something, I, was, I would always bring them together. And so when I went to the UAE, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know a soul. I was on my own. And so I thought my mum came to visit me after a year and she goes, what are you doing? I said, well, the first year I just did a lot of traveling, but the second year I was like, okay, she said, you need to do something. And I was like, yeah, okay, I, I do. So I set up what I, what I set up in England um, and it's called the International Women's Society. And it was to help expats connect uh, with each other that um, were on their own or had been, you know, that got married and came over with their partners, husbands, or uh, they came over for business and needed some support because it's a completely different country, different culture, you know, not knowing anybody and having that support. So we started off with, uh, we started off in 2014 with um, 17 ladies, I believe, at the dinner. And now we have over 700. So I started just networking and helping women and supporting and we just meet every Saturday and we connect and we help and we share information and we support each other. And that's what I think every woman should do is really to support and enhance and, and um, you know, help each other. I think women uh, is a, a woman is a, a woman's best supporter, definitely. And she knows and understands how women are, think, how they think and how they feel emotionally, you know, um, away from families and, you know, needing that um, support, that platform really, um, you know, we've done amazing things as well. Obviously we have our nice lunches and dinners and stuff, but we do charity events and sporting events and then, events at um, Dubai Mall for certain brands. So, you know, it's not just beauty and, and lunches, but we've done some nice kind of, you know, um, events as well. But it's mainly to really help other women. And, you know, some, because Dubai is quite a transitional place, you know, people come in, people work, people go back. It, there's this great there's a great community of people coming to travel or coming to work. And um, it's a beautiful place, absolutely beautiful. But, you know when you're there, it's lonely. 
And um, I had a couple of girls who had gone back to the States and they said to me, you know, Mariam, thank you for setting up the, the society and thank you for you because, you know, we didn't know anybody and it's only because of you we got to know so many other people. And that for me, that's, you know, if I can do something every day to help someone, for me, that's a good day. That's amazing. I imagine the journey from 17 to 700 is really, really good. In a moment, we will continue with some advices for entrepreneurs. I wanted to make this pause in order to invite you to send questions, suggestions of topics or improvements. Also, tell me who would you like to be invited to the podcast. Contact me on Facebook, Instagram. You just look for Chispofish, C-H-I-S-P-O-F-I-S-H or send me an email to christian at gspofish.com. Now let's continue with the interview. You said that your father taught you many things in entrepreneurship, but you start your, your path in that. When did it start and what is the recommendation for the people who would like to start to be first step or to try to avoid? So, um, like as I was mentioning before, that you know, I come from a like a, a family of professionals, and um, education is thought as very highly, and indeed it should be because I think it, it does teach you so much. However, um, my father studied law also, and I loved kind of that law aspect. Um, and then I liked banking, but I went into IT and management because I felt like this is the way for the future, and I wanted to do it. But after that, I studied it and I loved it. That's when actually after my studies, my father passed away. And I realized that after a couple of years of sorting out a lot of things on the estate and a lot of things with uh, after him passing, it's then that I moved to London. I decided that, you know, it's time to follow my passion. I had responsibilities because I looked after my mum who was disabled um, and I needed to be flexible in that sense as well. I actually started studying. So I decided that I would do makeup and I would do interior design. I would actually travel from Gloucestershire, take the bus, which like I think was like five o'clock in the morning to get to my class at nine. And I would do this introductory kind of course um, from Gloucestershire to London, which was about, it was about an hour and a half, but on the coach, it was like three hours. So I would do that because I loved doing it. I wanted to do something after my father passed away. I wanted to just keep myself occupied and, and kind of follow my passion. And I decided that this was probably the right time. So firstly, I studied from Gloucestershire because obviously we were still in Gloucester that, at that time. And then we moved to London. And when we moved to London, I studied um, a diploma in makeup, but also because equally being creative, um, I studied interior decoration from, uh, from Chelsea School of Art and Design. So I studied both things. After studying the makeup, I started um, doing a couple of consultations and helping women, you know, from um, I, I did bridals to London Fashion Week to uh, my friend's makeup or anybody like someone's going to get engaged or someone going to see a proposal. You know, it, it was just amazing things. And that instant... Uh, reaction that I used to get from from the from my clients was just so um, it was so 
touching. I, I really felt that I had just helped them instantly by changing their style or their look. And I just thought, well, and I just happened to fall into that kind of that path. I just got more clients. I started writing. I set up my company um, uh, and then I, I moved to Mayfair. I started my first image consultancy business and it was mainly for the Asian industry because I would go to all these amazing um, award ceremonies. So anybody that was picking up an award or giving an award, I was usually kind of styling them. And it was just one client after another client. It was just purely on recommendation. I've never kind of um, advertised anything, but it was just the fact that I really loved styling women and making them look fabulous. And one thing led to another. And um, so I set up my first image consultancy business um, for the Asian market, because as much as they are all skilled and talented and amazingly rich, <laughs> but they are, because they're hardworking and, they're, and you know, they've, they've proved their success, but looking at them, I just thought they don't look as their value. They're, you know, they don't look as groomed and presentable. And for me, creating a style or an image was, is my forte. You know, I really, I love doing that. So, um, yeah, I was based in Mayfair and I was, I was, a, you know, a reporting for events and I would, I would be called to some perfume launch or, you know, I would be styling, I would be doing London fashion week shows or um, corporate events or, you know, and people would just invite me because they wanted me to just write about them. So I did that blogging uh, over 10 years ago. So I started my blogging career a long time ago. So yeah. And it was amazing. And it still is amazing. I still kind of keep up with my creativity. I still, I'm still in that field and, you know, with, with styling and image consultancy. So I still love it. You know, absolutely. Amazing. For a person who would like to make, I don't know, to improve their looking, what is the first thing you, you make the change in order to make a better impact in the image? Yeah. So when somebody comes to me, I would say to them, my first And most important question is that, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Because if we don't know who you are, how am I going to be able to help you? And you know, it's, it's really kind of amazing because half of my consultation is actually kind of coaching where my first question I always ask, there's a, um, there's a philosopher called Socrates and he said, know thyself. And I think the most important thing is um, in styling or, or entrepreneurship or business or anything. But the most important thing for any woman or any person is to know who they are. Because until they know who they are, then they, how do I know and how am I going to help them to move forward? Are they going for that interview or are they going for that investment deal? Are they going um, to set up a business? Are they going to present? Are they going for some speak, public speaking? So I need to know um, exactly who you are, uh, what, what you stand for, what are you in life and where you want to go. So for me, you know, that some, sometimes it's amazing that people actually don't know who they are. And it's sometimes it's tearful. Sometimes it's, it's, an, it's a real emotional, it's a real emotional journey because people just expect you know, with this social media world that everybody should be perfect and everybody should look a certain way and everybody's so busy copying everybody else's style. But it's it's not about that. It's about loving your own style. You know, love your style. And, you know, getting to know who you are. So, you know, obviously I create signature styles and I help businesses match, um, you know, uh, their, you know help, help them match their businesses. But my my first and first most 
important question is that who are you or what do you stand for you can't play with fashion or brands or you know people buy expensive clothes and but you know and make all these purchases when it's not needed you know because they're trying to pretend to be somebody else and you don't know who you, your style is not just physically but mentally also your mental style what is it i can dress you for your body shape and make you look fabulous and knock off you know a couple of inches for you to look slimmer and taller and all those wonderful things but really there also comes actually when styling and i probably think that this is probably the the secondary most important is that um through knowing thyself comes confidence so you know it, those people that are stylish for me are are very confident they know who they are they know they know who their their mission in the world they know what their passions are they know what they like and what they don't like actually and for me confidence is born from two elements which is firstly uh courage you know having the courage to be who you are and what you stand for in the world and um you know being brave just be brave go out there do what you need to do take risks take action go for it my second element would be um self belief you know having that self belief of who you are and you know the convictions that you have in in your head and what you want to achieve knowing that what you are in your self worth your self belief is so important you know you've got to believe in yourself otherwise how else will somebody else believe in you and that just takes practice and practice and practice that's amazing you took it to a deep level and for sure that makes the big difference because as you said that will bring confidence and it doesn't matter if you have the best uh, outfit and great makeup If you don't have confidence, it's not you. You're not giving to the world the right energy. So it's yeah, you know, uh, no. I, I think there's the side effects of styling, which I love because when people do wear, I think like um, styling and makeup is like armor for a woman, definitely. And we, uh, you're blessed to wear high heels. I mean, in that sense, because if, you know, I know diamonds are a woman's best friend, but I, I do believe that heels, you know. give that power but what happens is when you look good and you you know you see your face radiating your head and well and you you know you look stylish it's the side effects of styling which is confidence is the side effects of styling that gives you that ambition to do better because what happens is when you look good you feel good and this helps you and improves and i've seen it in so many women over and over again it's a it's a ripple effect when when all all of the things that you do your relationships get better you're doing better at work you're smiling more you because you're feeling good you know but it, what it is to feel good temporarily then to extend it and the rest you have to do you know i can i can ignite that for you i can set you up but then it's you to do the rest of the work and um you know and that comes with doing small things uh, often so do something small have a little mission do something to you know, take action for you know two things in a day and then go for it and then the more you do it the more you practice the better you become but there's there's the side effects of styling which i absolutely love i think it's just improves relationships it improves all aspects of your life it's it's absolutely amazing that is nice you give them the push then <laughs> yeah absolutely Nice. And uh, if I would 
ask you to choose between one thing. Sometimes it's hard. Uh, it, it could be a habit, a tool, but it's the, the game changer. What is the thing that you did for your success? I think that I was just focused. I kind of knew what I wanted to do. And I, I always kind of look at the end goal. So I would imagine the fact that I had my own company and I would be working and I was styling these amazing women and I would be going places and I'd be traveling. You know, I've gone, actually, before I was living in Dubai, I actually had styled two ladies um, in England and they flew me out to Dubai to do their, uh, the wedding makeup. So, you know, I I'm kind of not only manifested, but I kind of visualized the end result. And for me, that was a very powerful tool of kind of what I kind of worked backwards. So I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And then I just needed to get to there. So I needed to go, if I have to go from A to B, that's fine. But I may, might have to go from A, B, C, D, you know what I mean? So I, but I, I at the end of the day, I, my final destination is to have my own business, to serve people, to create value, to help as many people as I could. But yeah, so for me, it's, yeah, the end result, you know, that really helped me kind of really knowing the end goal. Don't, if you think about what you have to do initially. So if I thought, oh my God, I'm going to start podcasting. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. I would never do it. You know, I have to think, I have to break every task down. I have to do something that is manageable in my time, but I have to be consistent. But for me, it was really looking at the end goal. You know, look at what you want to do in life and stay focused, you know, and don't move from those things. And we, we as women, we have responsibilities of husbands and, you know, um, you know, work and kids and we put everybody first and we forget that we, we also have, we're not just Mrs. So-and-so or the daughter of so-and-so. We, we have our own identity and we have just as much skill and talent and passion to do something. And that's why actually my tagline for this year with the International Women's Society is to do something, you know, do something for 2019 you know, tag me in to something that you're doing, you know, do something because you, you're wasting your life, you're wasting your talents, you know, do something. And, and that's, the, that's the first part, you know, don't sit around, go out and just do something. Even if it is, uh, start off by reading a book, you know, making those investments in yourself. Um, and that's a huge thing, actually, I did. I learned something at the earlier stage is that I've always invested in my own self. I've always, um, I've done, you know, I've always gone to some seminars or courses or I've upgraded by, you know, reading. I've, um, I went to the Anthony Robbins events. I've went to the T. Harv Eker. I've, I've done so many kind of self-development because as much as my father gave me the foundations, it's up to me to do the rest, right? So he's given me those qualities, but I've got to go out and kind of get them. I know he's given me the tools, but I've got to go out and get them. So for, for me, planning, having focus, being consistent, I think it all comes part of the package, but mainly it's you've got to know what you want in life. Who are you and what you want? You know, otherwise, how can you help and, and serve other people? You can't. How can you create, contribute and serve? You know, you won't be of any value to yourself or anybody else. Totally right. And really important. If you don't know where you're going, of course, you already arrived to the destination. <laughs> and going to the closure questions, what is the best advice you ever received? 
Um, the best advice, there's so much good advice. <laughs> uh, the best advice I would had received is to take action. I think that's the most important thing because um, don't let a good idea die on your lips. You know, if you have something and you want to do something, you just have to take action, you know, do something because you could be simmering in it and you could be, you know, whatever your situation is, you know, um, don't dwell on it. You know, we go through so many things as women, you know, we are so emotional beings, but we're such uh, talented and skilled. We just, we just, what we do is we, we overthink and uh, we delay and simmer in our sadness. And we, we don't need anybody else to pull us out of that situation. We don't need anybody to empower us. We are already empowered and we know what we're doing. It's just the fact that if you have a voice, use it. If you have a skill, you know, share it. What you've got to do is take action on your, your thoughts. You know, if you have a great idea in your head, if you want to do something, then take action. Do something once, you know, something a day, you know, have a little list and think, okay, I want to do two things a day. And just, just uh, and by the time you finish the week, you'll have managed to kind of achieve so much more than you actually thought you could. So I think taking small steps, taking that action and just going for it. I think you have to, you have to put yourself, you have to give yourself energy, put that energy into your, into everything that you do. I, I'm a big believer of energy. And when my hat, when I had my accident, actually, I, I did lose that energy. For me, my energy and my spirit is probably my best friend. You know, I put energy in my, every conversation that I have, in every meeting that I have, in every project that I do, in every business that I have. Um, I've got to put my whole full commitment, my focus and my energy into it. So, you know, put energy into actions. Energy is a big thing. It works even you don't see it. Energy is to be felt. You know, um, that's when somebody walks into the room, you can feel their energy. You know, you can see, you can see that that person has a presence or charisma because it's the energy that they create. And for me, that's really important. And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's your presence. You know, it's the energy that introduces yourself, you know. Yes. And action. That is important. It's, it's really amazing when you start doing little things and you see a little day by day what you're doing. It is taking you somewhere. But if you don't do any uh, one step a day, you won't go anywhere. So do it, do it, do it. It's a good advice. Exactly, exactly. And the flip side, what is the worst advice you ever received? The worst? Oh, <laughs> um, I just accepting a situation, like uh, that it, you can't change it. Just accept it and get on with it. And, you know, having to, to just uh, accept uh, heartache or change or... Uh, you know, accept kind of the, the hardships of life or something hasn't worked out and you just accept it. But you know what? I think that it's up to you. It's your perception. You know, nobody knows you better than you, uh, that yourself. Nobody can make that decision for you. You've got to, you are in control of your life. It's your life and it's your decisions, what you do and what you don't do. 
I think that's that's for me is don't accept anybody else's um, explanation. Everybody's made from made up from their own experiences and their own references in life. And what your one decision is to how live life is not another way, another person's uh, you know way. So everybody has their own way of thinking and their own way of doing things. So sometimes you have to be believe you know be uh, you have to believe in your strengths and your weaknesses you can't go beyond from what you know and what you don't do so what i'm trying to say is that so everybody has their own limitations and you have to you have to know what you like and what you don't like your limitations your strengths your weaknesses but don't accept somebody else's reality that's not your reality don't accept somebody else's advice you know listen to people but i think do what is good for you you know, never accept what somebody else says, says in a situation. Yes. And we go back to the same thing that is knowing yourself. That is the best thing to do first because you will know your path, right? Yeah. You know your path, you know your passion, you know why why you are on this earth, you know. And my father used to say to me, actually probably the best thing that he did say to me was that you're put on this earth to help each other and, and not be on your own. So don't get selfish. You're here to help everyone else. And I've, I think that sense is really kind of, that's kind of instilled in me. I think that's in my DNA that whatever I do, I have got to help somebody else. Like he said, you know, help yourself first and then help to second and third person along the way. You know, so I think I've always done that. I'm not one of those people of, I've of doing something and then keeping it to myself. Because what will that achieve? Greatness only comes with when you help others be great, also. Yes, and Mario, let's talk about your future. How do you see yourself in five years? Wow, five years. So I de- so I've started obviously my podcasting and I've restarted um, uh, my. So I have um, an image consultancy called Style Moguls, which I had set up nearly ten years back um, in London, Mayfair. And now I this year have started an academy. So I would like to do amazing things with business and style because I, I believe that I'm in the business of style, right? So I don't believe I'm just um, making people look good. I'm also wanting them to start businesses. I'm great. I love people to start and set up their own and every woman. You know, I'm really a champion of women in that sense. So I would really like to do set up the academy, which I am doing this year and and. Hopefully that in the next week or so we are launching our website. So do check that out. But what we're going to be doing is to really helping other women. So to really start businesses, where what to do, how to become independent, financially free, to help themselves, to use that skill and talent that they have. So the academy is something that I would really want to focus on in the next um, five years. I want to be obviously, um, I'd love to, you know, set up a charity also because for me part of, of creation is also contribution. I want to kind of give back and for me I also worked for Katie Piper. She is a very she was a very successful model here and who was uh, was attacked by acid. So uh, she she was an acid attack um, victim. So she, her face was all kind of deformed and um, she set up a charity to help other uh, victims. And I, so I contributed to that. So I helped women style themselves and look good and feel confident, you know, about themselves. So some, any contribution that I can do to help women uh, in business, that, that is really what I want to do. Obviously I want to travel. I want to do some more like public speaking. 
my definition of success for, for five years is to really, you know, contribute um, and create value as much as I can through my academy, through the work that I do, through the networking or the, the women's events and to really help women elevate, you know, um, I'm not looking to empower anybody. I'm just really looking to elevate because I think we're already empowered. We just need to kind of give that, like you said, little push, create signature styles, knowing who we are. And I think the world will be a much better place. So in the five years, that is really my mission to really help as many um, students or, you know, startup companies, uh, businesses. That's amazing. Help as many as you can. And in five years, for sure, will be a lot, a lot. <laughs> yes. And if people would like to follow you or reach you out, what is the best way to do it? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. You can um, just follow me on Mariam Sharif. So just my name. And um, yeah, I, I can respond to you. So I can help you out in that sense. Thank you so much for your time, for your knowledge and sharing that, especially your experiences. Before we finish, do you want to say something else? My last and final note is just whatever you do is for me is to be happy. You know, I think that you can do everything in life and you can succeed and you can have success and money and all, all sense. But if you're not happy with yourself and who you are, um, it doesn't make any sense at all. So, you know, happiness is probably, you know, do everything that you do with, with, with love and kindness and happiness. And I think that will create success anyway, you know, in everything you do. So be kind, be humble, um, and just do everything that you do with, not just passionately, but just really love who you are and who you, and what you do in life. Amazing message. Thank you so much, Mariam. And thank you, everybody, for staying tuned. Until next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Hey, it's me again. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you liked, please subscribe. And if you thought of someone who would be interested to hear this, share it, please. Remember that I'm giving my best effort and something that would help me is to know your opinion. Please leave a review saying what caught your attention, what stands out for you, or what this brings to your life. Thank you and until next time.